This is the Everyday AI Show, the everyday podcast where we simplify AI and bring its power to your fingertips. Listen daily for practical advice to boost your career, business, and everyday life. ChatGPT is the number one iPhone app in the world, and it's kind of a flop. So that's one of the things that we're going to be talking about today on Everyday AI, your daily live stream podcast and newsletter going over everything that's happening in the world of AI to help everyday people like you and me not just keep up with what's going on, but to actually make use of it. All right. So today you're in for not really a treat. It is just me. So first, shout out to all of the guests that joined me this week. Uh, but today, it's going to be you and I. So if you are listening live on LinkedIn or wherever else you may be, uh, please join us. Drop a comment. We're talking today about a lot of things, but mainly we're going to be talking about ChatGPT, the new iOS app, um, and some huge updates to ChatGPT as well. So before we get into that, let's first talk about what's happening in the world of AI news and why it matters to all of us. So first, uh, I think this is an incredible story. So the New York City public schools lifted a ban on ChatGPT and encouraged its use, okay? Let me let me cut straight to the point. So if you read our newsletter yesterday, uh, there was a, uh, a story in there about a college professor that essentially failed everyone because uh, this professor thought that all of uh, you know his or her his or her students cheated on the exam and used a false method of asking ChatGPT, saying like, "Hey, here's uh, you know my students' uh, text from their paper they turned in. Is this from ChatGPT?" And obviously, um, it was all false. It was all wrong. Um, so, for whatever reason, academia has been pushing away from AI, ChatGPT, everything else, um, which I don't think they should. Uh, if I was a college professor right now, I would change completely what is required. I would say there's a paper every single day. You come into the class, there's going to be a, a five-page paper due in that one hour. You are going to be forced to not only use ChatGPT or Bard or Bing Chat, but you're also going to have to learn how to fact check and make sure that everything coming out of there is correct. And you're going to have to learn and learn a little faster. So I love this story that New York City has lifted the ban. One of the first major public institutions to come out and publicly uh, support ChatGPT and AI. So shout out uh, New York City, uh, Chicago, CPS. That's that's where I'm from. Waiting, waiting on you. Uh, let's get ChatGPT in the classroom. Uh, so uh, number two news story of the day. Uh, Meta, so Facebook parent company, is coming out with its own chip. So uh, what does that even mean? Uh, let's talk about it. Uh, number one, something to keep in mind, always watch what big companies are saying, what they're releasing, and what happens to their stock price. Uh, you know, when Meta announced that they're going to start creating uh, physical chips, stock price soared. Uh, you, you know, look at look at their seven day stock price. Uh, Gerald 
happy happy to have you uh you know tuning in today can't wait for the ai summit uh hit up in the comments you, you know uh gerald will will share a link to that uh so let's get back to apple um or, or sorry i'm sorry meta and their chips and what that means they're creating a custom hardware chip um that is going to accelerate their ai algorithms um you know this is one of meta's first uh, big steps in the computing space so they you know they have obviously their uh meta has their their headset all of those things but this is one of their first steps in kind of the computing space so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens um from this announcement are other companies going to use their chip is their chip going to be better you know obviously uh apple over the past couple of years has started to develop its own chips you know the m1 and m2 chip um, so this is going to be interesting because also, um, and I'll try to break this down for the everyday person. I'm sorry. I have my dork hat on, uh, but a lot of these new generative AI technologies. So generative AI is when you can generate something, you know, text in chat GPT an image in, um, mid journey, uh, video in runway. So it requires an insane amount of computing power. So, uh, there's a, a certain kind of chip called the GPU. So it's a very powerful, there's very powerful chips that are required to run um, essentially artificial intelligence. So, you know, companies now, um, you know, there's, there's been like two or three, you know, companies, your NVIDIA, your IBMs, they're the ones they, they can't make these chips fast enough. So I think this, this meta news is pretty huge that saying they're, they're going to start making their own, uh, their own chips. Um, so, uh, uh, Ankush, uh, Anchor's dropping a comment, so thank you if if you're watching live, especially when it's just me. It makes it so much uh, so much more uh, entertaining, both for myself and for everyone else. When you drop a, a comment, so yeah, Anchor's is talking about telling his students to use ChatGPT uh, or whatever. Thank you. Please push that, push push that in AI education, everyone. Um, Isabel, good morning. Uh, so let's let's get to the last two uh, news pieces of the day, and then we're going to dive into a little bit on this uh, ChatGPT, the number one uh, iOS app in the world as of the last 24 hours. Uh, so our last two pieces, we have two Apple news pieces. Um, and so this is interesting. So in, uh, in contrast to the New York City public schools saying, let's use ChatGPT, uh, Apple reportedly has now restricted uh, employees from using ChatGPT over fear of data leaks. Um, makes sense in some regards. Also, it's very, I don't know if I should say concerning or um, maybe it's just intriguing that so many of these big companies have not yet developed their own internal uh LLM, you know, a large language learning system. So um, to have their internal chat GPT, right? You can create your own internal version of this using, you know, open source software, you know, and create your own kind of version of a chat GPT trained on your own company documents, right? So there is a way you can restrict it. So, you know, when I see stories like this, huge companies banning chat GPT, I do get it because the way it works right now until ChatGPT releases kind of, um, which which they did talk about having the ability to have private kind of chats with, uh, you know, their ChatGPT system. But until they release that, it's, um, 
I'm still very intrigued why huge companies aren't just creating their own. It doesn't take a a ton of time and then you can close off the data because how you use chat GPT right now, um, everything you put in there, again, someone, if you're smarter than me, correct me, fact check me here, but um, chat GPT or open AI, the parent company uses that data to learn. So they're not necessarily, you know, publicizing that data, but, you know, as you talk back and forth, you know, if you put in, um, an internal company memo, and then you say, Hey, help me summarize this. And the first summary isn't good enough. And you go back. It's using that learning about talking about your document to improve the future, uh, chat GPT experience. So, you know, when you do upload something to chat GPT, they are using it to help learn better in the future. So Apple says no to chat GPT. But last news story of the day, Apple is saying yes to voice cloning. Um, someone, if, if you're watching this, drop me a comment because I'm very, this is a polarizing uh, topic to me. Uh, so Apple is releasing voice cloning. Apparently it's going to be out later this year. Uh, yes, actually voice cloning. Um, so you essentially are going to talk for about 15 minutes and record audio on your iPhone or iPad. Um, and it's Apple is going to learn enough to be able to clone your voice, right? Nothing new. There's great companies out there that do this. Um, so you have uh, 11 labs, um, you know, some other great text to speech and, you know, kind of speech to speech, different companies out there really pushing this in the AI space. But I'm not sure about this Apple piece, um, making this technology available to the everyday person. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, obviously Apple is promoting and pushing, um, the benefits to this, you know, so they're saying that there's, you know, there's obviously, um, you know, diseases and conditions where, you know, people may start to lose their voice or to lose their, uh, their ability to, you, you know, just cognitive function and put together thoughts. So that is the positive use case. And don't get me wrong. I do think that's an amazing use case for this technology. You know, you know, if you think of a loved one and maybe they're losing their ability to speak for whatever reason or cognitively, yes, it might be nice to have that voice cloning feature. However, this is one of those instances where I think the ability for misinformation far outweighs the potential benefit. You know, um, presumably, you know, Apple hasn't released all of the details. Presumably, this will be uh, highly secured, I would hope. Um, I would hope that you have to, you know, use a, you know, face ID and a combination of a password in order to create something. Um, You know, I can see a lot of bad uses for this, right? Um, You know, there's already been so many stories about uh, how this voice cloning technology that's been out for years, you know, I mentioned 11 Labs is one of them, but, you know, there's scams that are, that are running um, where, you know, people are, cloning people's voices, you know, because here's the thing. If you wanted to right now, I don't want to say this because someone could do it. You know, this everyday AI show, we go live every day. You could go through and, you know, download my voice and, you know, get it just right to um, mimic or copy my voice. I know that there's certain scripts you have to read, but it can be done. There's there's workarounds, but um, I I still don't feel great about this because I do think that this is going to lead to a lot of scams, a lot of misinformation. Um, you know, even if you, uh, you, you know, you could steal someone's phone and if, if, if you know their passcode, you could 
get that person's voice to say anything you wanted. So uh, maybe maybe I'm being uh, a little too scared about it. Uh, Eric says um, he likes voice mimicking for personal use, but would want it to be 100% local. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I do believe, at least the initial reporting, Eric, is saying that this is local. Um, I would hope that this is not, um, you know, something you could do cloud-based, um, you, you know, by logging on to your uh, Apple iCloud account online. I would hope it's only on your local phone. Um, uh, Carrie, uh, former guest, Carrie, what's up? Uh, so Carrie's saying, I wonder if that would be a decent application for distributed ledger identity verification. Um, Carrie, you're obviously way smarter than me. I am not 100% sure uh, what the ledger identity verification is. So you'll you'll have to drop me another comment. But um, again, I want to get into the ChatGPT news, but a lot going on today with with the big companies. You know, ChatGPT, Meta, uh, Apple. Uh, it's it's going to be fascinating to follow along. So let's get into what what we started with. So talking about ChatGPT. Uh, so they just released less than 24 hours ago. Uh, their official iOS app, and it is the number one app in the world. And hot take, I think it's kind of a flop. Um, so let me tell you why. Uh, but first, let me just go a little bit into uh, some of the background here. So hopefully everyone can can understand this. So I'm going to go ahead and bring up a couple, a couple of uh, screenshots here. So uh, if, if if you're listening to this on the podcast later, I'm going to do my best to describe it to you. But uh, for those of you joining uh, joining live, you can see here. So this right here is a chart showing uh, kind of search demand for ChatGPT app, and you can see it exploded yesterday. You know the the daily search volume went up about uh, 10x uh, almost almost 10x yesterday. So there's other quote unquote. I'm using air quotes if you're listening on the podcast. Uh, there's other chat GPT apps out there, but they are not the official one. So the one that was released uh, just less than 24 hours ago is from OpenAI. Uh, it is the official app from OpenAI, which brings the power of chat GPT to your iPhone. So this is the start of the story. We're going to see, okay, there's demand. Great. Okay. So. Now let's let's talk about before we get into why I think that the iPhone app at least as it is now is not that great. We need to explain what else has recently happened with ChatGPT. Okay. So, bringing up a new uh a, a new screen here. So, ChatGPT for the pro plan, so you have to be paying $20 a month to get access to this. But they have slowly, I think they announced this last Friday, so it's been one week. So if you are on a paid plan by now, uh, you should have access to these uh, to these beta features. So hot tip right now, these things don't get enabled by default. Uh, a lot of people didn't know that. There's people confused on Twitter, other places saying, hey, where is it? You have to go into your settings. So that's what I have up here on the screen. You have to go into your settings, uh, click on beta, uh, beta features, and you may have one of these. You may have both. You may have three. Um, I'm still waiting for the code interpreter, but uh, as you can see on the screen here, you can enable web browsing and you can enable plugins. Why does this matter? 
Number one, if you do not enable these or if you have the free version of ChatGPT, it is only trained through September 2021. So if you want to know something recent, you don't have it. It like its knowledge base as a LLM, large language model, cuts off at 2021. So step number one for ChatGPT, as we talk about the differences and why I don't think the iOS app is great right now, uh, you have to enable these uh, beta features. Okay, so next, another screenshot here. Once you do that, it's still not going to work by default. This is very important. I've seen so many people get confused about this. I was even talking to someone yesterday who had access to this, but they didn't know that they had to enable it again from the dropdown. So you'll see here, when you log on to ChatGPT+, Plus, if you're a paid subscriber, it always defaults to what's called uh, GPT 3.5, which is fast. It's unlimited. Uh, it was called Turbo previously. Uh, so there's different models, okay? So you're going to want to make sure to go to ChatGPT 4. But even from there, even after you go and enable the plugin to the web browsing, it's not going to enable it by default. So you can only choose one of these two at a time. Um, and I'm actually going to hit pause right there because number one, I need to drink a water. But number two, please, if you are watching live right now, go to youreverydayai.com, sign up for our newsletter. Um, we're going to be announcing a, a, a video series. Uh, it's going to be free. Uh, you just need your email to log in. So we're going to be going over a lot of what I'm talking about now, but in a little more depth. So if you want to check that out, uh, please go to youreverydayai.com. Also, we're giving away two free uh, premium licenses. So we're paying for them. You get them uh, for one year, two different licenses to uh, ChatGPT+. So if you only have the free version, if right now in your budget, you can't afford to be paying $20 a month for something like this, uh, go sign up. We're giving it away. All right, water break. Here we go. Hey, this is Jordan, the host of Everyday AI. I've spent more than a thousand hours inside ChatGPT and I'm sharing all of my secrets in our free Prime Prompt Polish ChatGPT course that's only available to loyal listeners like you. Here's what Lindy, who works as an educational consultant, said about the PPP course. I couldn't figure out why I wasn't getting the results from ChatGPT that I needed and wanted. And after taking the PPP course, I now realize that I was not priming correctly. So I will be heading back into ChatGPT right now to practice my priming, prompting, and polishing. Everyone's prompting wrong, and the PPP course fixes that. If you want access, go to podppp.com. Again, that's podppp.com. Sign up for the free course and start putting ChatGPT to work for you. All right. So after you have to choose between browsing and plugins, you can't choose both. And I'll get into a little bit about what that means here. All right. So even after that, so let's say you want to use plugins. So plugins are third-party applications that really help bring in new functionality for ChatGPT. I say it kind of like this. Um, Plugins for ChatGPT allow it to become more of an actual assistant because you can connect to other third-party services and actually do things. So, you know, as an example, there's plugins for OpenTable. So you can actually 
type into ChatGPT, say, hey, I'm from Chicago. So, hey, uh, I, want res uh, I want reservations tonight, Friday night in Chicago, 7.30, Italian place, you know, kind of fancy, not too expensive. It's going to give me options. I say this one and it books it. My reservation's done. You have to connect to your account, right? But that's what a plugin does. It brings a whole new level of functionality without ever having to leave the ChatGPT interface. But, sorry, that was a, that was a setup there. So, now on the screen here, even after you enable plugins or switch to plugin mode, you have to enable individual plugins, okay? So you have to quote unquote install them. And another caveat, something important to understand is you can only have three enabled at once. I hope that changes. Uh, one other point to uh, talk about is you cannot directly talk to plugins. So ChatGPT is essentially going to say, Hey, based on this query, we think it's going to be best if you use this plugin. So there's a, you know, a browsing uh, plugin. There's, you know, like I said, OpenTable, Zillow. There's a lot of great ones. There's stock market ones uh, all over the place. But if you ask a question and it says, okay, I think this is going to be best for um, this plugin, then it will uh, use that plugin if you have it enabled. A little tricky. Again, uh, we'll be doing tutorials for those. So, so make sure you go sign up. Um, thank you, Deb. I'm, I'm glad this is great info. Yeah. Uh, I know we're already a little over, but we're going to keep going with it since, since we have people tuned in. If you have questions about the, uh, chat GPT, uh, iOS app, let me know. Um, I promise this is about the app. I really just had to lay the groundwork for why I don't think it's great right now, because all of these things, right. Finally getting to it now. All right. Uh, so, so now on my screen, I'm finally sharing a screenshot of the iOS app. It, it, it works, it's fast, it's great, but here's why I think it's not that great right now. Even if you are a Plus subscriber, at least at the time of this uh, Everyday AI Live, you do not have access to plugins or browsing. So if you're a free, ChatGPT user, you're not going to know a difference. This may be the best thing since sliced bread. Um, also, before sliced bread, like, why, like, how did you eat it? Just, sorry, um, you just eat it like a, eating an apple. I'm not sure. So, right now on the screen, I have an example. I'm asking the ChatGPT iOS app, what happened in the stock market this week and what does it mean for the everyday investor? And I get, you know, the response that says, hey, you know, I don't know anything past September 2021. So even though I am a paid subscriber and I have access to this information when I use it on my desktop, the app does not have it. To me, that automatically makes it not very useful. So you're probably saying, Jordan, well, hey, having something is better than nothing, right? Well, let me tell you a little hack, all right? If you want ChatGPT, on your phone and you want it to be super smart and you want it to know and understand everything, just use it in your mobile browser. So now I have a screenshot uh, asking the exact same question. I'm logged into uh, just on, on my iPhone. So, you know, mobile Safari. Um, and you can see at the top here, I have plugins enabled. So I have a news plugin enabled, the browsing plugin. Uh, and, and one other here. So I asked the same question, what happened in the stock market this week and what does it mean for the everyday investor? And at least I have the screenshot here and it, you know, 
I, I scrolled. It's actually great. It's great advice, right? Like what it gave me um, with these plugins enabled was up-to-date information this week, not this month. And it was actually very informative. If I wanted to get that level of information, I probably would have had to read at least four or five different news articles. So this took, um, you know, it takes a little longer. It probably took about 20 to 30 seconds uh, to, to generate. Uh, Deb, I absolutely agree. This was an aha moment, like use it on mobile, right? So don't get me wrong. I did see uh, some people kind of not roasting, but just being like, hey, this is great, ChatGPT, but uh, it's actually limiting the capabilities. So um, personally, I'm a little surprised that they released this without um, access to browsing capabilities and plugins. And here's the reason. It's not like this is new. It's not like, you know, uh, there's actually been, uh, and, and we'll try to link this in the newsletter today, there's been a handful of other chat GPT apps. So you can essentially use their API and create your own app, um, you know, and you incur the cost, but you kind of pass those costs to whatever users. But there's been a handful of other chat GPT apps in the app store for months. Go, go look them up. And a lot of them have been making millions, that's with an S, millions of dollars since they released. So again, there's already been options out here. So I am a little bit surprised uh, that ChatGPT released this app. It's number one in the world, which is no surprise. Um, but hot tip, guys. This is why our team spends hundreds of hours a month diving into all of these things AI to save you time. So if you're on your phone and if you want to get the most out of ChatGPT, do not use the app for now. Just download uh, or, or sorry, just just use it on your mobile Safari. You can even save it um, to your home screen. So it actually looks and functions like an app. On my first page on my home screen, I have the ChatGPT app. Um, I click it, it opens it just like this, just what you see on the screen here. You're not pinching and zooming. It's very great on mobile. It's responsive, it's fast. Uh, check it out. So thank you for sticking with us. We went a little over time. Uh, as another reminder, if you're hearing all this and you're like, this seems cool to be able to use this on my phone in mobile Safari and to get all of this up-to-date information, please go to youreverydayai.com, sign up for the newsletter. We'll tell you um, how you can win a year-long subscription. So that is it for today. So I'd say I'll see you tomorrow and every day on Everyday AI, but I won't see you tomorrow. But we will see you next week and every day after that, uh, every day live, 7.30 a.m. and on your favorite podcast network. So thank you, and we hope to see you next week and every day on Everyday AI. And that's a wrap for today's edition of Everyday AI. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a rating. It helps keep us going. For a little more AI magic, visit youreverydayai.com and sign up to our daily newsletter so you don't get left behind. Go break some barriers and we'll see you next time.